Hi. This is uh, not quite how I would have uh, scripted my return to come back and uh, see you all after three Sundays away. Let me just say to you how much I miss you and how I long and um, ache and am eager to be with you and to celebrate with you and to declare God's goodness with you. To complete a capital campaign with you today would have been nice. All of it would have been great, but nope. The reality in front of us uh, is a little bit different, isn't it? So let me say just a couple things about how this is all unfolding for us together as a church. So first of all, elders and staff are working hard to keep up with all the latest moving, shifting pieces, both um, when it comes to the CDC and our local governments and all sorts of other things. And in the middle of that, we, first and foremost, we want to be good neighbors. This will be one of the very few times in our 150-year history that we haven't gathered for worship and yet it just does seem like this is the right way for us to be um, loving neighbors to those who are around us um, right now and seek to do everything we can to prevent the spread of this virus. So elders have decided uh, to close the building to all programs um, and worship through March 22nd, and our worship um, well, then we'll, re- we'll reevaluate our worship on the 22nd and what we want to do next. Um, but our programming will be closed all the way through the end of spring break, March 29th. We're so eager to get back to our regular rhythm, and we will as soon as we can, because that's what the church does. The church gathers to lift up the name of Jesus, and then it scatters to serve Jesus and um, the people. Um, on a day-in, day-out basis. But in the meantime, that's not where we are. What, what are we to do? What do we do now in the middle of this uh, craziness? So actually, that's what I want to talk to you briefly about today. So let's pray, and let's have a few things to share with you. Lord, I pray for all of those who are watching this service and participating it on Sunday or later. And together, Lord, we hold up our nation to you, the world to you, and even our neighbors up to you. I pray, Lord, that you would um, protect those who are right around us, that you would nurse the world back to healing. Lord, we know that there are lots of things that humans can do, and it sure does seem like we are trying to do all of them. And we also know there are things that only you can do. We can treat, but only you can heal. So we pray, Lord, that you would bring healing upon us all. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts today be pleasing and acceptable to you. For you are our Lord, Rock, and Redeemer. Well, God's people said, wherever they are, amen. All right, so uh, what, what are we supposed to do? As I think about what I see in the Scriptures and what I know about God's people through the ages, there are only two things I want to encourage us to do today. Just two, worship and serve. Or the way Jesus said it, love God, love people. That's it. Those two things 
They never, ever change. No matter what the circumstances are, summer, winter, spring, and fall, good times, bad times, confusing times, they are true every time. Love God, love people. That's what we're supposed to do here. It's what we are called to do around the globe. As you probably know, Daniel uh, and I just uh, came back from uh, nearly three weeks. My wife says it felt like uh, six weeks. Um, Just three weeks of a trip visiting people that we support around the globe. 18 days, 13 flights, 14 beds. I was able to count 42 taxis, a couple trains, a couple buses. It was exquisite. And in that time, we visited uh, Turkey. Afghanistan, India, Nepal, and the United Arab Emirates. And here's what I found out that speaks to this situation for us. In every place, in every circumstance, there was an impulse to worship, to gather around and celebrate the work and person of Jesus Christ. In Afghanistan, as Muslims would gather for prayer in places like this, Daniel and I, we sat on the floor of a small house in the middle of the city with eight to ten other Christian missionaries and workers from a number of different organizations and from different nations. We had a delightful little breakfast, and then we sang songs. We shared prayer requests. We had a Bible study from the book, of Matthew. And then we left that place and went back to the rest of our day's labors. In India, nursing students gathered every morning for chapel. And then on one day, we met here in a former place of business in a red light district, now become a church and after school center. And these children sang for us. We shared a word of hope from the Lord, and we laid hands on and prayed for as many of them as we could. It was sweet. And can I just tell you the most disturbing part of this picture is that part right there. That, that makes it's happening, friends. It's happening. In Nepal, we hiked to a plateau in Pokhara early in the morning to watch the sunrise, and we saw this. The Annapurnas, about 22,000 feet high, making our Rockies feel like dwarves in comparison. And um, as the three of us who were traveling together that moment were there, we all thought the same thing. We look up. Where does our help come from? It comes from the mountains comes from you, O Lord. In the United Arab Emirates, we uh, visited a family as they worshiped in their home every morning as often as they can. They get together and uh, they sing some worship songs together, and they read from Scripture, and they ask themselves some simple questions about those Scriptures. The expat community there meets on Friday mornings for worship in a hotel ballroom, but otherwise there's, there's no physical presence of the church at all. 
Friends, where does this impulse come from? It simply comes from a confidence that the Lord sees us and that in every circumstance, the Lord is good. King David, who wrote most of our psalms, he wrote praises as a king, as he was victorious, as he acquired great success and wealth, but he also wrote songs of praise while he was being hunted in the desert. He wrote them while he was in isolation in a cave. He wrote praises in all the phases of his life. Similarly, Jonah wrote a song of praise as he was caught in the belly of a fish. We see Jesus praying throughout his ministry, worshiping throughout his ministry, but especially in the garden before his crucifixion, facing deep suffering and pain. The early church gathered together and uh, praised and prayed in homes, not unlike what we saw multiple times on this trip. They They praised the Lord on the road and in Jewish synagogues. And friends, in this season, we'll have to learn some new practices. We'll have to try some things that in our context might actually, I think to some of us, feel a little silly. I'm going to invite you to sit on your couch with whoever's in your household or whoever's close to you that also knows Jesus and, and to sing together, to pray together, to explore the Scriptures together in the way that Daniel and I saw and were so moved by throughout the globe over these last couple of weeks. And now we are being called to do the same thing because that's what God's people do. We'll have to learn some new practices, and we'll do what we can in the weeks to come to help you learn those practices and to give you helpful insight and resources because this is what we are called to do from Psalm 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That means you. And we're not going to get to gather in this same way that we're accustomed to in this space. We're not in an ideal moment this is what we get to do at the moment. I get to stand awkwardly in an empty sanctuary with six or seven people around, and you get to watch through a screen and be reminded of the goodness and the hope of Jesus Christ. We get to praise Him in the ordinary, and we get to praise Him in the extraordinary, but in all times and in all places and in all circumstances, express your love for God in worship. So, Love God and love people. This is among the clearest things that Jesus says about what it will mean for people who are on the way, who are on the path, who are seeking to know Him and follow Him and to be one of His disciples. Both John 15, I encourage you to read it maybe after this uh, time of worship, and Matthew 25, another passage I would encourage you to read to extend your worship after this video. They both declare the same thing. We will be known as God's people, not simply by our worship, but by how we love those people who are around us. And friends, we are on an exquisite journey in learning how to do that right now in our homes. On our trip, Daniel and I, we we saw it. Those same places that I mentioned to you, they did gather for worship, but then they scattered to love people wherever they were, whatever they were called to do. In 
In Afghanistan, we saw an organization focused on healing and community development in one of the most Jesus-resistant places in the entire planet. We saw a man and his family almost single-handedly rise vulnerable orphans up out of a certain future in the red light district. We saw an organization intent on stopping human trafficking by catching people in the act at the border. We saw a family focused on helping people develop business as a way to help their communities thrive, and in the middle of that, found, trying to find a way to reframe what Christians are thought of around the globe. Love God, love people. So in the middle of this hardship, this frustration, what can we do? You know, in the earliest phases of Christian history, Christians were known for taking risks that no one else would take, to care for those that no one else would care for, to do things in the city that no one else would do. Do you know why they did that? Because they knew they were protected from the biggest fears that anyone has. We have eternal life in Christ. So, friends, simply love the people who are around you. Look for circumstances and moments where you can express the love of God for God by loving the people that are come right across your path or who call you or who maybe you know need a visit or a call from you. Will you allow your confidence in God to overwhelm your fear in this moment? Will you let your praise of God and your love for people overcome whatever earthly fears you may have? Take precautions. Be prudent. Wash your hands. Bathe in hand sanitizer. Bump elbows but then don't be afraid. Love God. Love people. Soon, as a church and as a staff and leaders, we'll start working on helping you have resources and um, some opportunities to express God's love as we love people who are right around us and in your neighborhoods and in your context. But you don't have to wait. Do it now. Let's spend some time in prayer, shall we? Let me invite uh, Daniel, Susan Bach back up, and we'll spend some time praying together. This morning, we truly are the church scattered. And so as the church that uh, Eric was just talking about is scattered around the globe, we find ourselves scattered around Boulder and Boulder County this morning. And wherever you are, would you now join me in prayer? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come humbly before you this morning with hearts full of praise. God, we declare that you are worthy of our praise. No matter what's going on in the world around us, Lord, we fix our heart, we fix our eyes, we fix our mind on you. We thank you, Father, for your care for us. And Lord, I pray for my friends that are scattered around this county this morning.
Lord, I pray that they would feel your manifest presence in this moment. Lord, would you reveal yourself to them in a special way that can only come about through uncertain times? Lord, we confess that the moments we're living in are unknown. But Lord, we give thanks that you are known. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for the confidence that comes from walking with you. Thank you, Lord, for the courage you place in our hearts. And Lord, we pray now for uh, health professionals around this county, around our nation, around the globe that are working diligently to uh, care for those who have been affected by this virus. Lord, we pray uh, for divine wisdom and strategies on how to uh, quell the spread. Lord, we ask that you would protect our health workers as they uh, enter into great risk to serve those who are infected. And Lord, we just want to pray boldly and courageously, Lord, that this virus would vanish as quickly as it sprang up. Lord, we know what the experts are saying. We know that it could go on for some time. But Lord, we ask God that you would intervene in a powerful way and that this virus would be completely stopped. Lord, would you slow the spread in such a way that healthcare professionals are astounded and amazed? Lord, we pray for our friends who are scattered not just in our county, but, Lord, those that we had an opportunity to visit and the many, many others who are serving you as a church scattered around the globe. Would you strengthen uh, their hands? Would you strengthen their work? Lord, would you strengthen their bodies? Lord, would you strengthen their relationships? Lord, would you continue to use them to bring your love, your light, your hope, your truth to the farthest corners of our globe. Lord, we are humbled by their sacrifice. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to work in and through them so that you might be glorified in all the earth. And finally, Lord, we come before you and we just arrest any fear in our own hearts. And Lord, we pray that you help us to walk in wisdom, but also to walk in faith. Lord, may we not be afraid, but may our trust and hope be in you. Father, Son, and Spirit, we love you, and we pray, Lord, that you would use the rest of this day as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen.